going, what the fuck? So I, I, <laughs> I go to the dock and I just do my little eye thing, look at the wall. And he looks and he looks up. He goes, he like changed. Okay, we're going to give you this. We got to get going. We've got another appointment. He's like, wrap it up. I pulled the eye out and we were gone. We were gone. I don't know if we got that in Juneau, Alaska. Welcome to the Great Dive Podcast, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. See, this is how our conversations go. James is just laughing. It's like, where the fuck did we, how did we go there? How am I going to, how am I going to segue that into? <laughs> that, that one's impossible. <laughs> The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. trying to help you with the segue there. Let's talk about, um, we're going to talk a little bit about failure points today. Failures, okay. Failures, like failure points on gear. Okay, I like that. You like that? I do like that. It's one of my preaching uh, things, like when I would teach that I, or when you would engage, you know, back in the day when I would go on the forums and talk like a human being, people would ask questions about DIR, and a big area is equipment selection, because that was... That was what people saw, is your equipment was different and your configuration was different. And they would always ask, why do you only preach these fins or this backplate or whatever? And only only metal D-rings, you know, and only stainless steel uh, bolt snaps and things like that. Why? And we would say, because they're failure points. And you get plastic D-rings. That's a failure point. That's going to break. If it's not breaking underwater, you're right. It's not going to be carrying a, a lot of weight, right? It's you know, Right. It's pretty unlikely. It's but... in the back of your truck <laughs> when it falls over or it's in the boat when it falls over. Boom. Your plastic buckle is broken. It's just a – is it the end of the world there? No. no you, it's a pain in your ass. It's a though. pain in the ass. And it could be the one thing that yeah. starts the snowball down the hill. Right. Or it breaks – when you're doing that and you don't notice that it's broken and underwater, that's when it starts. It breaks, it falls apart. Now your back plate's coming off of you because right. your your fucking buckle just fell apart underwater because everything, your 120-pound tanks just fell on it. Right, right. I, I remember doing my like deco procedures class with old Freddie there yeah. back in the late 90s yeah. you know, down at Gilboa. And we had one kid in the class with us just a regular old Sequest Balance BC. Yeah. That he had the 40 yeah. slung onto. With plastic D-rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, A, you look ridiculous. You look re- You don't look like you're taking this seriously. Well, that and it's, it's, on, it's on like six inches of pull-down yeah, strap. It's, and it's not it was streamlined. A, it was a flopping it's, just mess, right? When you really think about it, and I know people are like, you guys are really picky. Not really. 
We just want A, it works. B, it's streamlined, and C, I can depend on it. It's not going to, it's robust, is the key word. Once you've made the switch, there's such peace of mind. Yes. Knowing that you don't have to deal with that silly shit. Plastic shit, man. There's a place for plastic, I I believe, but not on your. I had a guy come in, bought a uh, set of doubles, backplate and harness. Mm -hmm. He's going full tech. He was was your open water student the week before. Then, like, couple months later he changed his harness mm-hmm. to one with the the plastic deering so he could get in and out of it easier yes, right? yeah he was having a hard time getting in and out of the thing it's a little bitch so but he's like <laughs> uh, so he's schlepping his doubles around one day like yeah. slung over his shoulder yeah and it breaks and well that's what i said to him i go dude you better be careful like that's you know, that's not, not that's not your old harness that <laughs> right like that plastic buckle one of these days is gonna go and you just throw it over your shoulder like that yeah. mm-hmm. that's exactly right i mean that's exactly right there i mean it's, there it's one isn't... thing to go you know running around with uh, a set of doubles when you've got that continuous webbing on there that's not gonna break right versus just throwing a set of doubles over your shoulder with a nice in plastic and out of, in and out bowl, of the, <laughs> a plastic clip that, in and that out of the, in and out of the truck into the dive shop yeah. you know relying on that 50 cent buckle right there yes like that's that's gonna usually two dollars and 19 cents i don't i don't think they're 50 cents but if if you when you not if you've got to replace it when you've got to replace it because because you want to snug it up underwater or you know you want to put it on really loose and snug it underwater the problem again is it's probably going to come unsnug those things aren't made for the hundreds of pounds correct right they're not I don't believe they really are is because you'll stand up with it it'll start to start to loosen a little bit you know you get in the water you're gonna have to tighten it again I don't know I that's to me isn't as big of a point as the breaking right right right. just and I remember early on when you were first preaching about these Mm -hmm. failure points and caught my ear yeah and you were like that guy is a Dick, man. He's like a fucking Nazi. What's up with this guy? (laughs) I mean, that's where we get this Nazi image because we say... Do it this way. There's a way to do it and there's a reason we've chose this because we've all had this shit break and it's Murphy's Law. It's going to be the worst possible moment. Correct. And I remember I had... I remember you and I having that conversation... Because I was wearing quattro fins at the time. I like I like quattros for they have their purpose. I think, but maybe well, they did for me. I I can't go back to them. I'd have a hard time. Well, my point is, I remember. Did I? I, I, re- didn't I give remember. You, I remember oh, having. I might have given you a hard time about quattros, didn't I? Well, because I remember. I was, I was a little brainwashed. <laughs> you well, you were you were in deep at the I time. I was good though. I wasn't mean. Was I mean about? It? Maybe I was. No, but I mean, I had the potential. Well, we had the. Um, you were explaining the. The, the value of and I, the, the fins and the springs. Did I stay on task stuff. or did I start talking about <laughs> one time I was in? <laughs> Somehow it got, got on to <laughs> judo. <laughs> well, I can see that segue into that. Uh, but no, uh, but I remember having the conversation with you. And I, at the time I thought, yeah, that's a, that's a bit much. He's a, that's a bit he's much. He's a little overboard. And, until I had the broken buckle on my fin. Oh, I've had my Maris. Yeah. And, you know, and nothing against and, Maris. And Everybody has yep, it. Yeah. Yep. Any. The plastic. Any, yeah. Yep. I know. They they, oh, they yeah. have uh, spring straps for them now. They do. Yeah. And I think they've well, had they, them for quite a while. But, they've got yeah. the bungee ones now, too. Yeah, and the bungee, which. But. Thing like, we know what happens you with You know, bungee. I've got a pair that. Uh, is it bungee or surgical tubing? It's like a. 
Y- yeah, good yeah. point. They call it a bungee strap, but it is basically just a, a, a tubing, a silicon yes, tubing. Which wears out in the sun. To... And the chlorine. And the chlorine. And I had a pair. Mm-hmm. I've got a pair that I use in the pool, mm-hmm. you know, just because they're lightweight. They're, they're yeah. around the dive shop, you know, so run up to the pool all the time. It's just an easy fin to throw in. In general, these are kind of great. Real easy getting in, in and out of. Yeah. Way better than that whole buckle assembly thing. Mm-hmm. Till... Yeah. <laughs> Till you pop the champagne <laughs> bottle? <laughs> to, uh, putting them on, you know, uh, last summer, teaching a class. And they snapped. Yeah. Snapped. Right Son in half. Son of uh... So, yeah, I was able to do the whole two hours in the pool with a broken fin strap. Yeah. You know, Duct tape. Just, well, just got to... Yeah, curl they, your they, toes they, really they, hard against yeah, the boot. Yeah. <laughs> they fit well enough that, you know, it's fine. Yeah. You know, I'm not working that hard. Right. But, or you can uh, put one leg over that. Just, just use one fin. So, I mean, I, I, I see where a lot of people would be like, eh, you know, big deal. Something breaks, it breaks. And true, you could work with it, but at the same time, it's really annoying and frustrating. Well, it depends on where your level of diving is, too. Uh, you know, when you pay two to $300 to fill your tank, your bottles, and mix gas, you've paid umpteen thousand of dollars for your equipment and training and your experience. I don't I shouldn't say teen, tens and tens of thousands of dollars to get to where you're at. And you're like, okay, I'm going on this really cool trip. I just paid, you know, $2,500 for this cool trip. Do some deep dives. Not many people have seen. Once in a lifetime kind of thing. And you fucking blow a, a fin strap. Anybody got to save a dive kit? Yeah, exactly. Or a fucking plastic buckle. Or, I mean, and that's the 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 side of failure that's like, well, it's not life and death. It's inconvenience, uh, a lost dive maybe. It, you know, that's where that is. And that's frustrating, and that's a pain in the ass. And to me, it's not worth it. Right. And the people that are against this. We're not the, the other The other side of this, these people are going to, you know, look at, what you're doing, what you're saying with nitpicking all these failure points is they're going to say, well, they'll find an- another failure point for everything. That, that's right, like misdirecting right. the argument. I agree. Right? It's you. like, yes. well, hold the phones here, baby. We're addressing one thing right now. Yeah, yeah. The plastic shit on your, on your uh, kit. That's what we're addressing. Right. Right. Is different than saying, well... Your what, mask what, is what made color? of silicone. <laughs> right. <laughs> shut up. Just shut the fuck your, up. The brass of your first age could disintegrate. Yeah. Monkeys could fly out of my ass. Right. But, yeah, yeah. That's not the point. Yes. Right? You There's a point it. where you have an obvious. You have a choice. You have an obvious choice of, of selecting something that was picked for economics and profit mm-hmm. versus quality and long-lasting exactly. workmanship. And I think that's where... It, it started was making that logical decision back, you know, a couple decades ago with, right. with equipment selection and where it went to was bastardized into the people that were a okay with the light, freely high profit stuff took some offense to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing. They took the offense to it. The, uh, and it's usually at the root of all the argument is profit. It's the motivation anyway for arguing because there's not a lot of leg to stand on with regard to arguing almost any of this plastic crap versus stainless steel that isn't going to, you know, fail on you. It's just not. I mean, and the same thing, I mean, you can go into the the bolt snaps when people buy brass 
versus stainless steel. Well, Bolt the, snaps will stick or the springs in them will break because they're not stainless steel. You know, correct. They, you know they get all saying? corroded. They, they get corroded, right. Listen, man, as, as a service guy, yeah, you're on the you bench, see it all the, time. the shit that comes in that's on regulators and, and hooked, hooked to BCDs that they can never take off again yeah because it's so corroded on the you got to get a dremel tool <laughs> or break right. the plastic and it's because it's they to. see yeah. somebody with a clip on the regulator right so they get one for, at, the, at for home depot yeah at home depot yeah. thinking that it's it's not you know it's, it's, zinc. it's the look of what it looks like yeah yeah it's, it's zinc with a, a shitty little spring in it and and you and i both know that if you were on a dive somewhere you could easily use a Big fluffy wrap around jacket, adjustable shoulders. Oh, you could go dive you could get it in the sure. water, and you could dive yeah. it like you did when you were in Madagascar. You know, it wasn't really yes. a diving trip, but you're going to go to a dive. I did you not want to rent- yeah. rental gear. Take a hundred pounds of worth of yeah. diving equipment. You can me. make yeah. anything work, and yeah. that's not. But that's not the point of looking through your kit and cleaning up right. the potential for possible failures. And when one's sitting right there with a blinking light saying, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm right here, I'm yeah. right here, not taking care of it ahead of time. That's, yeah. Right? That's, because I mean, it, and, and it could be for anything. It could be the, the reel that you use with the, right. with the spring-loaded handle. and yes. the, the It's a little gimmick. Flip and it's the, a gimmick. All then. the little silly stuff. Yes, you could probably do 10,000 dives with it. Nothing and it never, yeah. never be an issue. Yeah. The problem is when it does become an issue, is it going to be a, oh, shit, that really sucks? Or a, oh, shit, this was not the time for yeah, this to happen. It's motherfucker. Which, yes, it's funny you bring up that squeezy handle <laughs> one. I lo- I had it. and like I did, too. When I, did I, too. When I was, I'm like, wow, this, because I had gone through full cave and this was bef- way before I really, you know, I went through full cave and got into the tech diving thing, but I was always going this ain't right it just there's got to be more to it because a it was super easy just too easy you strap the gear on you do a couple little you know hold on to something on the bottom and blow a bag or just you know a lot of like no technique was taught no just go with the skill that you have kind of thing i already had halfway decent buoyancy control whatever so nothing was at a high level i thought something was missing but i would buy the gimmicky shit Oh, because running the line, well, that that takes a little skill and practice. And I thought, well, this will get rid of one of the fucking tasks, you know? Just click it and go. and it, Unclick it and it's locked. You're good. Right, right. But it failed. It failed uh, multiple times. And, and usually was, it was a headache. It was a goddammit thing. But I kept thinking, well, I'll just have to, you know, grease it up or whatever oil it up anyway, right right the stupid stuff like that. i remember the spring handled one yeah so that the manta so that the spool didn't all of a sudden go yes or, or whatever yeah. they were expecting mm-hmm. to happen right well i had one of the 400 foot one of those yeah. right and it was on a dive a cold keep in mind right for for people around the world like a cold water dive yes i had like nearly that whole spool reeled out yeah right practicing and playing around with it and stuff and then reeling it back in, like having to have that thing squeezed to reel back in, it doesn't yeah. seem like much until you realize 400 feet with thick, heavy, <laughs> cold water gloves on. Boy, by the by the halfway through, my hands exhausted. Yeah. My arms like, oh my god, it's one more thing. This Simple. is a pain in the ass. You got to keep switching hands back right. and forth because. Of all the yeah. work it takes rather than just having a nice, simple Simple. Tool. Simple becomes the key word. When you make things, 
Your equipment selection simple. A, you remove failure points. That's the whole idea behind simple. No yes. failure points, right? And, and robust and simple. And removing all the failure points isn't or decreasing just them. to be a a dick. Yeah, it's not to be. A, <laughs> it's not to be just a, a dick to everybody. It's so that in the moment mm. you've freed up that headspace. For, peace of mind for p- mm-hmm. peace of mind and thinking yeah. thinking underwater it's one less thing that you've got to be concerned with in the mm-hmm. moment when that snowball gets moving down the hill yeah that's a great point it does give you a huge huge advantage with peace of mind you're not worrying about that because when it breaks once and you fix it it's in the back of your mind when i say fix it i mean you just replace your plastic whatever with a new plastic whatever and you go well that broke then it's probably going to break again. I just got to be thinking about it, right? Right. I don't need to think about that stuff. Because I I know how, I mean, I think you're much, you're probably a little better than I am with regard to how you take care of your equipment. I mean, I chuck my stuff in the back of the car. It might be there for a week, you know, till the next dive. If I don't get a dive in that week, it stays there. It's one of the luxuries we have diving fresh water. Fresh water, water. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So when I get to the next dive site a week later, I'm not worried. I do not worry like, oh, my shit's going to be all fucked up because it's been sitting around, been jostled in my car or whatever. It's just not, I don't have to worry about it. It's pretty, I know because when I take a turn or something or I'll stop quick, (laughs) you know, there's a fucking reel comes flying up to the front (laughs) seat. (laughs) But uh, anyway, it is a nice peace of mind, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Great Dive Podcast. Oh, yeah, that was our segue <laughs> into this. <laughs> we're, uh, we're here talking about failure points today with old good old Steel D-Ring Jamesy, <laughs> Stainless Steel Bolt Snap Brando. <laughs> so I have an opinion piece from X-Ray Magazine. You like this X-Ray Magazine? 2018. You know, this is I, two in I a just, row, isn't I it? just came across like a whole electronic file of a ton of them and it's so there's I, a lot of diving shit in it oh yeah it's a, yeah it's a great magazine so this is a article by simon pridmore he's an author diving stuff mm-hmm. on? okay simon has been in the dive industry for decades um uk guy living over in mm. bali nowadays uh, author of a bunch of books simon's author, a good uk author name, author of, isn't it oh if, if you're if you're, if you're from the UK, if you're British, if you're British, mate, you won't want to be called Simon. 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 I always thought it was more Australian, mate. No, no, no. Simon is not Australian. Now that's a knife. <laughs> no, that's a name. Like, <laughs> no, that's a name. Hey, <laughs> Simon. 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 But yeah, he's uh, he's written a bunch of articles in diving as well. Cool. He's got this one in X-Ray Magazine about the concept of failure points. Can I uh, say something on a related yeah. note? If there's a uh, an accent coach out there, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hire them. I'd really like to get my British and Australian, A, differentiated, and B, like, down. Like, I would just start talking like that all the time. I just like to do an article... It has something to do with Australia, and you say something besides. Now that ain't a knife. <laughs> That's the only Australian I know. <laughs> I only learned one phrase. I only know a few words with it, like, you know, a spot of tea with me Beatles, mate. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know in British. 
I think it would get on my wife's nerves, like if I just spoke, you know, British all the time. You'd be divorced by the. The thing is, girls are always like, "Oh, a man with a British accent, he's dreamy." But if I had a British accent, I'd be on your nerves. No, a man with a British accent is dreamy. <laughs> Me, an American British faking a British <laughs> accent is not. It's annoying. It's, annoying. it's purely annoying. Well, hey, my. A tip of me wee little hat. Is that right? No, that's more Irish. Yeah. Wee little. I was going to say tip of my hat to the Brits. I so, love them. I was stationed with them. I love, I love the Brits. So this Brit talks about, you know, failure points like we've been talking about here mm-hmm. so far is kind of a, a big discussion when you start moving into technical diving, mm-hmm. cave diving, areas where you might put yourself in a situation where when shit goes wrong, you can't just end the dive and come up. Yeah. Right? You've you've got to stick it out for an extended period of time. Right. There's and which is why that's become such a big discussion point about equipment configuration and and thinking through the logic of why you're using what gear when and where. Right. But it's rarely addressed in the basic recreational world. Oh no, because they want to. They're not going to be able to sell ninety percent of the plastic crap on the wall. If, if you you've had a learned about failure like points. robustness and failure points and and the looked at a few accidents. That's the other thing they want like, here's the accident, here's how it started, this broke and that broke and Which know. is exactly what happens here. Like he says, uh, he starts off with a little story. He says Andrew was a relatively experienced technical diver. One warm spring day, he back rolled off a tender boat into the exciting fish filled current strewn waters of northeast bali deflated his wing and descended as he was rolling around onto his front to get his bearings his world exploded suddenly he had no regulator in his mouth and he was surrounded by a thousand jacuzzis worth of bubbles he was only at a depth of six meters or 20 feet and he decided to ascend to the surface first and see what had happened rather than try and sort everything out under the water Son of a... What happened? Did his second stage come off a hose? Did I guess it? You, you guessed it. You guessed it. That, and that could be dangerous with that little... Oh. That hose whipping around oh, with the metal on the yeah, end. No shit. Hitting you in the face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Smashed. So so exhaling continuously, he mentions, he rose up and emerged to the sunlight surrounded by the chaos of a frothing ocean. So did a little... Basically, like a little CISA and, yeah. you know, up to the surface. Uh, ah! He got there, and, and among, amongst all the bubbles, he says <laughs> out loud, to the land I come to the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> nice, nice move. Which, which Textbook. Let the dive masters know he was okay. <laughs> He's textbook. Textbooking it. <laughs> so he made himself buoyant, then inspected the damage, reaching for his regulator hose, which was whipping around him like an angry snake. He found that his second stage was completely gone and air was pouring out of the open hose end. That's a bummer. Um, you know how many times I've almost Done that. lost an eyeball yeah, or, or a face full of teeth mm-hmm. like shattered, like working on regulators, you know, oh, and yeah. then you get sidetracked and you forget. answering the phone and then you go back and you crack that, crack the valve <laughs> to pressurize yeah. it, but you haven't, I hadn't put the second stage on. Oh, yet. yeah. Yeah, you have it. You have it hooked up there, and and the hose is just laying next to it. Cat-like yeah. reflexes, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know how bad it is if you. Yeah, your whole your water hose goes crazy. Well, that's in the like when I was doing fire training stuff. 
try to get a, a hose that's out of control. It takes oh, I a, saw that episode a of, number of guys. I saw that episode of Three Stooges. Well, the thing is, it's a real thing that can happen. Oh, uh, I could imagine. And it's super dangerous. So, yes, that was the source of all the bubbles. He reached behind his head and turned his valve off. As he flipped onto his back and started to kick back towards the dive boat, he realized that he had also somehow managed to lose a fin. Son of a... <laughs> Crikey, mate. I lost my fin, mate. No, no, he's... Uh, no, he's... He's not Australian? <laughs> no, he's Australian. He's a Brit. He's not Canadian. <laughs> Stop with that accent. Cheerio. Cheerio. Uh, anybody, anybody say no, no, Finn? Go, go drop the boy. A sport of tea with me, Finn, please. <laughs> Hello, uh, do, do you have the time? And, and by the way, do you see a Finn? <laughs> <laughs> Might I say, you're looking like a, a fine lass this morning. Might I say, Might cheers I say. to the Queen, mate. <laughs> And you fancy a fancy a fin around here that uh, that you don't need that you might have extra one. Anyone fancy a fin? I'm keen on an, another fin, mate. So yeah, so he he climbed back on board the boat, a little shocked, but otherwise fine. Uh, his diving day was done. However, he's bumming. Yeah, it is he's done. Bumming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's got one fin. a regulator with no second stage yeah. on it. He's missing a fin. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, Probably not getting back in the water and a bit mentally razzled. Like, oh shit, yeah. that was a that was a it's good learning experience. And oh, thankfully, yeah. it happened at twenty feet. You know, six meters, whatever. Right, right. not two hundred feet. Yeah, no kidding. An hour or so later, the rest of the group returned, bringing with them Andrew's missing second stage and his lost fin. Nice. <laughs> no, that's a, now that's a fin, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they were. See, I got a new one. You know when they found that on the bottom, they're like, oh, uh, he's we, know do... who's, we know who's buying yes, beers today. Exactly. You're going to buy that fin back and that second stage. Because you know when they, as they're climbing up the boat, like, hey, you lose yeah, something. Exactly. I remember we went scooter in there in our local lake, and I had uh, I had thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear that little headband uh, GoPro mount, you know, that you buy. Scooter and went around the whole lake. I get up. My headband thing is gone, right? I lost, so I'm like, fuck. I know I know it's in there. I'm not going to go. I'm going to come back. You know, it's a local lake. We can come back. Well, unfortunately for me, my buddies that went diving a couple days later found it, found it and they knew it was mine because they just, you know, looked at it. You could tell. And, uh, oh, I heard. I, I got a lot of shit about that. And you're like, well, what's the big deal? Well, you you really lost know. it. But... In the, I think in the in the tech diving groups or whatever, when you lose shit, when you you know you can't bolt snap right or whatever, you get a little ribbing. You get a little. I mean, and it holds you to a higher standard. A because it makes you not do it again. Well, yeah, yeah. I did it. I did it a second time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be done in by this fucking little. I must have done something wrong last time. Right, right, right. I did do something wrong. You use that little <laughs> headband while you're scootering, right? Yes, yes. The problem was that you were looking to the left. So they bring up... Yeah, so they bring up as uh, Finn in the second stage. The second stage still had the hose swivel attached to it. Well, While the Finn was missing part of the plastic buckle on one side, and the strap was hanging loose. See, Simon's going exactly. Simon's telling a nice, 
here's how I would say this. That shit will break on you. That shit will break on you. Simon tells a whole two-page story. And they'll, they'll probably well, like, Simon's so smart. Well, well, he's one, he's an he's author. He's not a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, he is an author. One, he's an author. Two, he's not just a pissed <laughs> off <laughs> old man. Damn, old man who just wants Arr, to get off my lawn. His point across as fast get as Get off possible. my lawn and get rid of that fucking plastic shit and uh, and the swivel. So he uh, he he looks at a couple of points of of what went wrong. It not just necessarily being bad luck and some of the no. things that you can do in the future with you know, not having baby. yeah yeah not having issues like this. It's a, it's a good little article. Afterwards, he says, Andrew tried to analyze what had happened. Everything had been fine on the boat, but once he started descending, the second stage had sheared off at the point where the hose swivel had been screwed into the low-pressure hose. He sheared off, eh? Sheared off. Now, it doesn't say what kind of hose swivel, right? but some of those... Are cheap brass. They're cheap, cheap brass. Something. Or there's like, a plastic. They're, those, they're the, the, the two... The ones that I hate the, the, that have that weird flat O-ring yeah. in the middle of the two Between the spinning two, halves the, of the in ball. The circular. That, uh, yeah. that thing's a I've total seen that one, piece yeah. of shit. Um, I, I, I've seen hundreds of them over the yes. a couple of decades yes. of, of doing this. Mm-hmm. And I have seen way more with problems than without. Than I have without. Well, I've, I've gone through them. I mean, that's at the end of the day when I bitch about this stuff. I've already done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it fail on me. I just don't, you know, with your students, you're trying to pass on your wisdom and experience. So he concluded that when he had fitted the swivel to his regulator the previous week, he must have either failed to tighten it or cross-threaded it without noticing and either increased pressure in the hose or the shock as he entered the water or a combination of both had caused it to break off. When the hose started whipping around freely, the jet of compressed air spurting out of it must have hit his ankle right where the fin buckle was, snapped the connection off, and knocked the buckle off. That's a long ass. Well, well it is off of his yeah, seven, yeah, foot seven foot hose, probably. Hose yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Don't so get just, near him, boys. <laughs> now, the funny thing is if we look back at having this conversation with, with somebody who doesn't want to take the time to have a discussion about the potential failure points. Yeah, because right. it would damage sales of certain items. Well, well, sure, but they're going to go, like, what's going to happen? The regulator's <laughs> just going to pop off. The hose is going to go in, hit me in the fin, right. break the buckle off, and lose the fin. Never happened. Right. Uh, right. I beg to differ. That's the, like, yeah. the ridiculous conversation. And, uh, like, really old, naive me, I, I can, I can yes. see it, right? You, I, and I you can could understand. see yourself on that side of the... The argument, the right. debate, right? Yes, I right. Hear you. Very much. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too. The really old me would be like, "Come on, am yeah, I gonna really, really old me would be like, well, it's gonna break my fin buckle and my transmitter <laughs> and, <on> what? Exactly. <laughs> and my digital compass that I paid fourteen hundred dollars for? Come on, man." He had bought the hose swivel because his jaw would ache after long dives, and he had read that a swivel might be the solution. His fins were quite new too. He had bought them because they had stainless steel heel straps and he was planning on doing some cave diver training. He had heard that normal floppy rubber fin straps represented an extra hazard in the cave environment and that stainless steel straps 
were safer. How are they a hazard? I mean, they're a failure point, but... Well, well no, so... so I can see that if the so end is sticking out, it might catch a well, line. So yeah. some, of, some of, like, for instance, like, Mare's had, before the, the bungee ones, they had this spring heels. Yeah. Every, everybody was getting on board because everybody yeah. had to have them. Yeah. Or Atomic had the, the spring straps on them. Right, I remember that. But with that. the same, like... Yeah. Plastic buckle latching. There's still a plastic point that it's connecting to. Right, 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 right. There was there was a time where shortly after the the mid two thousands, right, when you were out there on the forefront of preaching the the benefit of considering failure points. I had my Bible with me. (laughs) You had your DIR Bible. I had been ordained with uh, I had those uh, uh, the H the H webbing I had been ordained with. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, well, everybody started. Th- there was a big draw to the logic behind it, and people started yeah. putting spring straps on their fins for good reason. But then the big companies started realizing that hey, we're losing we sales. Get- we need spring mm-hmm. straps, so they would take their same cheap ass plastic buckle, yeah, and connections, spring strap, and just put a spring strap yeah. on it. Gotcha. <laughs> we we got can spring- do that, <laughs> we can do that for too. only ninety dollars more. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Correct. So, you know, in a lot of these things that happens, right? Yes. Ah, uh, you don't need all that shit. It's it's a bunch of hooey, and then everybody starts buying it, they, and then they go, "Shit, we need some of this. We, can, we need some of this hooey." Hooey, yes. <laughs> we can make money off of this hooey. <laughs> right. So it, it goes in with the look of right. of the solution, but not really the solution. It still has a failure point, correct? That, because right. they're not really thinking through it. Mm-mm. Like a diver would, they're thinking like a through diver, it like yeah. a like a marketer would mm-hmm. of selling the product. Not well, exactly. I mean, you're just pointing out we have two main problems in this community slash industry. You have lawyers teaching classes, and you have marketers making equipment. Where's the divers? They're they're maybe consulted a little bit here and there. I don't know, but well, again, a lot of times they're being sold to. Yeah, well, they're they're the, they're the victims. Actually, that's where the I'll, divers are. They're the victims that, of the marketers that, and yeah, lawyers. Yes, yes. They're, they're being sold to. Exactly. And it's one thing to be sold. I mean, you. I'm all for. I'm a, I'm huge on capitalism. Let's make a better product. Competition promotes advancement and changes changes for the better. Quality should. If you let all that stuff work, it should it should meet out. It should that's the right up, word. Yeah, it should come up with a better product. product not a yeah, cheaper one with yeah, not a cheaper one with more profit that right. you have to replace more but, often. But our big ones, the loudest of our education and and equipment, the loudest ones are the biggest scammers. They're they're run they're run and they're being dictated by people that are not divers. They're run by lawyers and marketers. It's a problem there. Yeah. To me that's the problem. That's at the root of the problem. Well yeah, when you get so big that you no longer have You're not real, in touch. real divers yes. doing and running the diving mm-hmm. business. You have marketers and lawyers. engineers and lawyers who Fucking have engineers. No, have I forgot no to throw interest. those those people <laughs> no. <laughs> who have no interest in diving, yeah. creating diving equipment. Yes. And I need to put a little caveat in there. Just because I say lawyers, marketers, and engineers, like they're, the, they're not. There's some great lawyers, marketers, and engineers out there. But as a whole, y'all suck. No, <laughs> no there, there are some great ones. We, we have to put that in there. But 
there's evil ones too. So Simon it's like says, Darth Vader. Darth Vader, <laughs> right? No, he's go got ahead, the force. Go ahead, go ahead. He's a Jedi. He's a Je- but he's a bad Jedi. Who do you want? Do you want Darth Vader or do you want Yoda? Yoda's the nice Jedi. He knows what he's doing. Whereas <laughs> Darth. So, <laughs> baby Yoda says. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Now this just got interesting. So he talks about it. It's not always just bad luck. But like what Andrew was originally thinking. Unlucky day, right? Yeah. So he says, Andrew initially put the accident down to bad luck. But of course, bad luck is never the only cause of accidents. Andrew had made a couple of mistakes, and one of these was to neglect to consider the concept of failure points. A second stage swivel can indeed relieve jaw fatigue, but it also introduces another O-ring into your air supply path. It adds a further thing that can go wrong to a survival system that already has plenty of things, mainly O-rings, that can go wrong. So the number of points where the system can fail is increased. And so are the odds that something's going to fail. Yeah, and the yeah. more you start adding stuff, you certainly do. Mm-hmm. Now, And it's usually, I mean, those are sometimes just one additional O-ring, but sometimes it's like you, where you've got that O-ring in the in the ball portion of the swivel. Yeah, that's... That's two O-rings. Yeah, that's one major one. Yeah, and that's a of, bad of a system one. Of yes, yeah, yeah. it's a flat face O-ring, not a captured. The, the primary rule behind the concept is that you aim to reduce rather than increase the number of failure points in your gear. You only add a failure point when there is a fundamental need that is more important and justifies adding risk. And I'm afraid in the game of chance we call scuba diving, a gas supply failure trumps an aching jaw every time. Right. And I'm going to tell you, putting a swivel on the second stage hose is not going to guarantee that you lose the jaw fatigue. I was going to say, that's not, a, that's not always addressing the real problem. I mean, there's some, maybe it's the hose length. Maybe it's the way... Maybe it's the, I would generally say for most people diving it, it's the positioning of the tank on the BCD. Could be, yeah, very well. Is, is poorly mm-hmm. placed, which mm-hmm. is causing the pull of the hose because yeah. they're not utilizing the length of that hose properly. Right. And if you've got your gear configured in a way that it fits you properly, there shouldn't be mm-hmm. a high demand. It shouldn't be work to hold the regulator in your mouth. Often it's poorly placed equipment. It's tension and anxiety in the yeah. water and putting the swivel there is a is yeah. a false fix yeah i mean the only time i've ever had had that is too short of a hose like pulling on my head I, and that's a single single setup back in the day before i you know i would just get a rental or whatever not it wasn't right or it's too long yeah which would push it off to the other side and you're trying to keep it with your head and your mouth now, in a good comfortable position now 15 years ago there would have been a internet firestorm over this conversation, right? And in the in some dive shops, there would going be a fight again. of like, "Hey, you're gonna die if you <laughs> exactly. have a swivel!" Right? And and now, right, right, a moment ago, I just took the side of why well, you don't need a stupid swivel on your second right. stage hose, but now I'm going to take the, the other side and go, "Okay, no, you die. can easily use a swivel yes. and, and never die and never have this problem." Mm-hmm. Right? The the point is where I'm going to go is. Whether you have it or not, you always have a potential of a failure Mm-mm. occurring. When so, you add it. So I, I mm-hmm. see his point of reducing is better than adding for the for the mm-hmm. general rule of thumb. But at the same time, the the main fix is the awareness 
of any of this stuff can go wrong. True. And you're underwater, and no matter how bad it gets, you still got to get home. Mm-hmm. True. Correct. As for Andrew's fins, yes, they had stainless steel straps, and these are indeed preferred for cave diving, but the straps he had bought were attached to the fins with normal plastic fittings. The idea behind using coiled springs instead of rubber thongs is not just so that you do not have loose bits of rubber flapping around your ankles where they can get caught up in your guideline. It is so that you remove the failure points that flimsy plastic buckles represent, and by doing so, you make it less likely that you will lose a fin on a cave dive. So to be fit for purpose, stainless steel straps need to be permanently bolted into the body of the fin. There you go. That's the that's the difference. Mm-hmm. The spring is nice because the strap's not going to break. Yes. Right. But if the the strap stays together, but the buckle breaks, you've you've effectively not, still not have a strap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you've not achieved the right. the goal of what you're trying to accomplish with having the spring strap to begin with. Yeah. If you don't have a a buckle or a fastening point out of the fin, you just got a strap. It's just like carrying a strap around in your hand. It's not keeping your fin on. It's got to have a way. That's just as strong to attach to the fin. So if you take the philosophy of that, which means although you address the fin breaking, you know, the rubber itself breaking, you've addressed that and and conquered that, you haven't really addressed the whole thing, which is where it can still fail, which is the plastic buckle part, right? So take that philosophy to everything like, oh, I I I fixed one thing, but I've introduced another thing. You know what I mean? Or kept another thing. I didn't really solve the the ultimate issue of plastic and rubber breaking in a crucial area. Correct. That yep. could have been substituted with now, steel. Yes. Stainless steel. Like the D-rings. Yeah. Yeah. Like the bolt now, snaps. Of course, you can always take this too to the far. nth degree. Yeah, you can yeah. take it too far, right? Yeah. So at Balance. some point you yeah, at some point you have to realize the fin needs to come off of my foot. Yeah. Right? So is the purist going to take it so far that no, you need to have this surgically, surgically attached to your foot, or, or yeah. no, you need to cement that goddamn thing under your dry suit boot, under your dry suit boot. But your I dry suit it. could come off, so you know you got to permanently, exactly, you got to permanently seal yourself into that suit. Yes, right. Yeah, of course. There's always going to be taking it too far, but when you're leaving something just dangling right out there in the obvious open that you're not addressing. True. I think that's where Simon's going mm-hmm. with this. Exactly. And then if you're going to go through the trouble to make the fix, make sure the fix is it's really complete. fixing. Yeah, is really fixing the overall issue. Issue, mm-hmm. not just part of the issue. Since mainstream diving equipment manufacturers have noticed that technical diving was attracting more divers and was not just going to be a passing fad, they have been trying to make equipment to sell to technical divers. But there are aspects of technical diving that many of them just do not understand. For example, producing wings and harnesses with fixed D-rings that cannot be moved around shows that they are completely ignorant of the idea of configuration. Get them, Simon. (laughs) (laughs) And making fins with stainless steel straps and plastic buckles shows that they have no idea of the concept of failure points. No fucking idea. Get them, Simon. (laughs) Go. You go, boy. They are like many local restaurants in my home island of Bali that sell pizza. What they serve... never had fucking pizza, have they? (laughs) (laughs) What they serve to customers looks like a pizza, 
but it sure does not taste like a pizza. It is as if they once saw pictures of a pizza, but without a list of ingredients and just guessed what should go in it. Much like a marketer. Right, right. Or like a lawyer teaching scuba. Yes. Priceless. So what, what can you do? What can the people do? What can you do? Well, you can learn from people who've been there and done that. They've had the failures. You want somebody who's failed. Had, I mean, that's who you want teaching you. They've been there and done it. They've got experience. They've had failures. And that's the point of you and I bring up often is when, when you've gone from your 98th, 99th, 100th dive and you can finally Being apply for your instructor card, that's the point of what we're trying to say is what do you bring what into you the game? value is or you have nothing to value in the game of experience. Thank you. Yeah. You have nothing of value to give to those students. You haven't had enough failures. In the value of the failure, like mm-hmm. what you're saying. Yeah, is you've been there and done it. So you can say to the student, listen, I carry a spare mask because my mask has imploded on me. Right, and I think the important part as an instructor is you can teach a student that says, I now to carry a spare mask mm-hmm. for this reason, not because my instructor told me I should always have a spare mask, right. but you've... You've seen the experience that they've passed on to you, mm-hmm. and now you share that value in a, in a philosophical base of how you enter right. your diving. Right. I mean, that's how we've gotten anywhere in this world. It's pe- There's a lot of mistakes. We stand on the shoulders of giants who've already done stuff, lived, and actually we're supposed to be learning from the people that don't live as well. That's why we have all the accident analysis and, and people looking at real the real failure points in accidents like Gareth and things like The whole idea is experience is a great teacher. We have to learn from others' experience too. You don't need to go through everything. You don't need to reinvent the wheel coming into scuba diving. It's you pretty know. simple. Exactly. Get rid of failure points. They, they're telling you this. I don't know. That's where I would get frustrated like – I'm just saying the same thing over and over to people that they've already got their ma- mind made up. They want that, you know, that, uh, what was that diamond BCD or whatever, black diamond. They want that black diamond. They have their eyes on it because that picture looks pretty fucking cool. Doesn't right. look like, right. you know, the guy in the harness with a couple D, two, three D rings on him, right? Correct. Black diamond's got fucking. It's like, got six D rings on it. At least six. And it says Black Diamond. It looks like it. And he's got a special op guy wearing it. You know, he's coming out with a fucking he's M60. He's got a machine gun. He's got an M60 coming out of the water. His face is all blacked out. I'm that guy. I'm not this clown over here. Uh, me. <laughs> Going he's with the blue got... H's on his fucking harness. <laughs> Look at that clown. No, I got an M60 so coming I, out of the water. So I, I, I get the fact that the industry wants and needs to sell equipment. To make money, to to keep its own machine going, I get that, and I get that. There's going to be so many people that come into diving mm-hmm. that are one and dones, yeah. That, that come in, they do it for a sh- very short lived time. They, they it doesn't I'm cool take with over their that. soul, yeah. right? Yeah. So they want something take over their soul, <laughs> like a <laughs> fucking incubus. <laughs> you know, it, uh, so. Th- they want different stuff to buy. And some people are, are gear nerds that just, you know, I, mean, I got a bunch of stupid shit that I just think's fun and cool because think, uh, I've been ultimately, in this for a long time. I was going to say almost every diver that's been here for a while has some gear nerd gene in them, right? It's oh, part of, of their course. DNA. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at that fucking 
I keep swearing too much. <laughs> Look at that new computer watch or whatever. That's awesome. I gotta have. Yeah, it. it's fun, and and I don't think neither you nor I nor Simon are saying that this stuff shouldn't be produced. No, go for it. Right. Just don't give them to my students. <laughs> don't sell it to my students. You know? Do you know how much time? I mean, you you do know how much time. How much time you? Hey, those classes, those courses, they're they're jam packed. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. How much more fun and actual time spent teaching could you know could be dedicated to teaching versus the debating with people about their fucking gear choice of plastic shit? I hear you. I hear right? you. Right. And uh, I mean, I, I travel mm-hmm. and dive. Mm-hmm. People look at me, you know, taking that back plate. Yeah. And harness with me. Why couldn't you and, afford and, real gear? <laughs> and then they're like, "Like you're traveling with that thing?" Yeah. And, and like, then you look uh, at his and wife like, and you say, "You're traveling with that thing." <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. That's terrible. I don't know. But um. But uh, and and I and sometimes you look at them with their super frail lightweight gear. You know, uh, traveling in their super lightweight little little baggy through the airport. And I'm like, mm. wow, that's pretty pretty nice. But you know what? I like knowing when I get all the way there I'm going diving. that I'm not going to have any problems yeah. with any broken I'm shit. I'm going diving. I'm not going to yeah. be buying stuff. I'm not going to have to rent stuff. You know, so all depends. There are potential failure points in every piece of gear you dive with. Recognize that they are there. Eliminate them when you can. And where you cannot eliminate them, make sure you have a plan for what to do when the failure happens. A plan that works and that you have tested in a pool or shallow water. When you are planning to buy equipment, compare options with the concept of failure points in mind. For example, BCDs all have multiple potential failure points, some more than others. Have the manufacturers considered the concept when they built the product. Do they use double cable ties on the corrugated hose so that if one breaks, the hose still holds? Is there an internal air cell to keep the wing functional in case the external casing gets torn? Or full face mask. You know, they bring up the practice thing. When I see people with full face masks, have you ever, yeah, have they you wanna... ever done an out of gas with that? No, because I'm hoping that's not going to happen. Right, exactly. Because when you do run out of gas in a full face mask or... Say, for example, the hose snaps off like we just had right there, right? Because there is a swivel on most of the full face. There are many of them. Like the XO26. Yeah, there's a connection there. There's a a quick disconnect on a lot of them. So when that comes off, now you don't have any gas. You've got to get rid of your your maskless and gasless right there at a probably not a good time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Murphy's Law says it's going to happen a, when you least expect it, and be at the worst possible time. Possible yeah. time. So, and Murphy is the that you know, even when you think you're by yourself, you're not. Murphy's with you, and he's not there to help. The bitch don't help. No, Murphy's a little bitch. A little, this is turning into a little bitch episode, isn't it? I thought I was going to get to delete that whole beginning part. Now no. I'm going to have to use it. Keep the little bitches. Don't be a little bitch. <laughs> Finally. If, like Andrew, you are buying gear with technical diving in mind, buy products made by specialist technical diving equipment manufacturers who know what they're doing. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. That's why you got the copycatters. Yeah. and uh, Beware of them. 
you know, and, and some of the copycatters are out there because they saw a great idea and, and they can make they, it for cheaper and get a higher it, profit. Or they, no, or some of them are just wanted to do their own thing and, and started making other stuff. And uh, there's some of them uh, took it even one step further and made that improvement even better. Yeah. So there, there's, there's, there. a, there's a lot of that, but there's at the same time, there's a lot of people who saw the concept of it and did what you did. Yeah. And it's not really addressing it. It's more of a look. Mm-hmm. It's a more of a, a fashion of technical diving gear wow. rather than actual technical they're, diving gear. They're riding on their reputation as their big name in the scuba industry. They'll have a big name already out there. It's been there for decades in the scuba world. And maybe some of the stuff is high quality that they produce, but then they, they're recreational for the most part. But you look over and they say, well, there's a whole segment of the market we can we can tap into if we just make our own backplate and wing but we need a higher profit margin than this little company so we're going to cheapen it up somehow we're going to use a lesser quality this that or, an, or the other thing or we're selling to the recreational too so we're going to lighten that so they can fly around all over the place so we're just going to make it a plastic backplate remember the plastic yeah. backplates were, were kind of big for a while but they crack they break when you put them in your your luggage and the luggage guys. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know nowadays, um, just from the old stainless steel and the aluminum, there's mm-hmm. carbon fiber ones nowadays, yeah. which are really mm-hmm. awesome. They're pricey, yeah. you know, so the, lightweight it, and it, tough. It still evolves. I actually, when I'm going to the Caribbean, I even travel with my stainless mm-hmm. one just because oh, when yeah. I get there, I don't need to add a bunch yeah. of weight. You know, right. it's. I've carrying got the weight, weight with I've you. Got, I've got well, you. I have a picture of you, and maybe we should put that. On. <laughs> it's you in the airport with your your backplate on. We're sitting at the airport bar. You're wearing your backplate and harness at the bar. I turned That's it how into. You're doing. I turned it into <laughs> a, a backpack. Back. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's a twofer. Game on! And the beauty of it is, it really didn't get weighed. It was like part of your clothes. It became a carry-on. It was your carry-on, and it didn't go through the waiting uh, thing at that and that back then. No, I don't know if it is now. That goddamn bag was two hundred and fifty pounds because I had so, I made it look I had so much, so much shit in it. Right, but I couldn't travel to, right. like to do that dive. Where you, I've got you got five regulators with you. Yeah, you know uh, yeah, yeah. all the gear you're prepping up for to do some dives. So um, yeah, yeah so, your li- your can you, light, your rigs, your your jet right, fins yeah. weigh a little bit more yeah. than fucking so to, composite. To, to throw that in paper the, mache in the wings. checked luggage, I'd, or, I'd have been yeah. way over. Yeah. So that's why my my dive bag that I checked had like my most of my clothes and yeah. that, that stuff in it, yeah. and then all I my wore, heavy brass. I wore all my clothes at once. <laughs> <laughs> so and I get there, I just go. I got three sets of clothes. <laughs> How come you have five pairs of underwear on when you're going through the scanner? Dude, our scanner won't even penetrate your clothes. What's going on? Well, I'm that's wearing my, five pairs of underwear. That's my secret. <laughs> that's how I pack so light. I don't even have a bag. I'm just people, wearing People look at me in the airport like, have you put on weight? <laughs> well. Did you get stung by a bee on the way down Anaphylaxis kicking in. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Hey, that was a great dive. That was well a good dive. Well done, Simon. That's a great subject, and, and bravo again on your choice, uh, because, again, the stuff yeah, he, we, so teach, he's got a little, we, we teach um, that all the time. Yeah, absolutely we do. Point. He's got a little bio here at the end of this. It says that Simon is a 
is the author of international bestsellers, Scuba Confidential, and Insider's Guide to Becoming a Better Diver, Scuba Professional, Insights into Sport Diver Training, and Operations in Scuba Fundamental, Start Diving the Right Way. He is also the co-author of Diving and Snorkeling Guide to Bali and Raja Ampet, and the Diving and Snorkeling Guide to Northeast Indonesia, as well as a new adventure travel log called Under the Flight Path. He's got a new ebook, Scuba Psychological. Think you know all about scuba medicine? Think again. Now available on Amazon. You can check him out more at simonpridmore.com. Simon is a busy dude. Busy dude. All right, everybody. Um, that wraps us up for today. So get out there. Think about those failure points when you're looking at your gear. And if you got questions, Here's a good test. you can send us uh, an email at Great that podcast. Here's a good test to see if your gear can handle it. Just go get like a five-pound sledge, take it out, and just start beating on your equipment. Whatever is still there, golden. Like your main BCD. What do you think? Yeah, and then uh, you whatever, have to beat hard on it. Just whatever's like, not there, walk walk it back into the dive shop. <laughs> go and go this um, did not survive the Brando test. <laughs> And look at, and, yeah. and watch the smile on the shop owner's face as well, as you to, need to buy exactly. We've got Brando out there on a new marketing campaign called the Brando Test, where you smash your shit with a five pound <laughs> sledge. But uh, yeah, seriously, all that plastic stuff. Think about it. Take a look at where it is and see if it if it's really benefiting you to have what it is plastic, whereas you could get a get it in stainless. Yes, and, and listen, there's a place for plastic. There no, is. no doubt about it. So, yeah, uh, let's uh, sign these logbooks. Yes. You plastic little bitch. <laughs> Stay safe. Love, Sammy. Have you seen my fin? <laughs> you little bitch. You little plastic bitch. See you guys. Safe diving. Like a like a month later, we were, we were, we were diving. <laughs> I think I remember we were diving this, at like yeah. a completely different location, yeah, right? And, and I pulled it out and, and put it on the ground, like as we were swimming by. And he that. goes, "What? The How the hell is my mask here?" <laughs> See, that's the stuff. That's I love that part about the diving community. I love that shit. That's a creative. <laughs> B. It's a lesson. It's a learned. It's a learning. It's yeah, a teaching but it's moment. All, it's, and it's fun stuff. It's, and it's, it's fun, fun with your right? Nobody like, got hurt. Like if you can't, uh, if you can't handle that from your buddies, what the fuck? You're not going to be able to handle. You're not going to be able to Mother handle Mother Nature making right, yeah, you yeah. a little bitch. I think we should call this episode <laughs> "Little Bitch." <laughs> little bitch. <laughs> Don't let your gear make you a little bitch. <laughs>